Welcome to Blanket and Covers, the show where we cover the covers. My name's Danny Getz, and with me, as always, is John Trainer. What's up, John? Hey, Dan. How are you doing? I'm good. We're, we're on a really good run here of stuff that had a massive impact on my life. So I'm very, very excited to dig into Everlong today. I know. Same. Same. And I'm really excited about the interview that we have to go along with it. Oh, that's right. We do have an interview coming up later that uh, I guess we can plug now. If you want to hear the whole interview that we do, well, you'll know who it is later, I guess. A little tease for the episode. But the whole interview is up on the Patreon now. If you can't wait to hear the entire thing, it's a tremendously interesting interview that if you listen to last week's episode, we couldn't help but reference it, even though it hadn't come out yet. But the whole thing's on Patreon now, and then next week it'll be up for everybody. So if you if you can't wait and you need to hear it, please join us on the Patreon. That would be awesome. But Definitely. that's that's coming down the line. Let's uh let's jump right in and we'll we'll kind of talk about the Foo Fighters and the color and the shape and the kind of musical impact they had in, in 1997 as we go here. But let's start off with Matt Duncan. Yeah, this was a a really fun bounce to it. Yeah, it was a fun episode to to research uh, because I did not know what we're going to come up with. We found some different styles than we usually do. This was like a fun sort of soul cover. Um, I liked that they because like. We were talking as we were kind of building the episode here that like some some of the ones they kind of matched too much and like to their own detriment. And this one found a way to kind of use the themes of the song, but really make it their own. Yeah, I don't I'd never heard of Matt Duncan before, um, but looking I at still the <laughs> related artists. Uh, it mentions Cotton Jones, who's really, really cool, and I really like one of uh, their songs um, called, what is it called? I Was Stoned by the Choir. It's like oh. a really beautiful song. Um, I've never listened to Cotton Jones, but I have listened a ton to Paige France, which was his band, and I love oh. Paige France. I had never even heard of it. I don't know where the song came from. I was just kind of obsessed with it. Uh, but I like. I thought this was this was one of actually we're kicking it off with one of my favorites uh, that we heard. I thought this was like a really nice uh, like original cover, original take on the song, I guess. Yeah, and especially because like for for the listeners, we're uh, sparing you the just overwhelming amount of straight up rock and roll covers to this song. We'll get to a few, but yeah. Uh, oh, there's, there's a few standouts, and we, I mean, we can't use none of them, but there there's were a lot, a yeah. lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And like, as there's there should of, like, be, it's forward. one of the greatest like rock songs of the last 20 years, but like... Totally. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them sound like the Foo Fighters, especially like Dave Grohl trying to do sort of... Yeah, do it like Dave Grohl, which is yeah, cool. It's not like last week when John Legend was like on par with these legendary singers like Dave Grohl's not a legendary singer like he has a great iconic voice that I love but like I don't I don't know that it's like a great voice yeah 
this right here, I want to point this out. The way he's doing the do 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 doots. Oh yes. <laughs> he like really makes it fit in with his style uh, of this song, which I think is impressive because as we go, I had to cut a lot because it just did not fit so badly that I couldn't couldn't take it and couldn't include it. But this is one where I think. This is maybe one of my favorites where they, they include the doot 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 doots. I like that this one feels like it's the middle step from turning Everlong from the Foo Fighters rock song to like a 98 degrees boy band song. Yeah, and it's not even like a... See, like... I mean, it's not all the way there. It just is the connective tissue. Yeah, I guess that's true. Which I I wish now that we had one of those. That would be (laughs) awesome to hear like a boy band singing group style Everlong. There was an acapella song that I included. Not what I'm talking about. (laughs) Big list, but it's like. uh, I want big pop. (laughs) We can always get into it if we want, if we have time later. I couldn't, I just in good faith couldn't include acapella because I always cut them out. But this was like definitely a group of kids who wanted, it was that tradition. They think of themselves as punk. You can just hear it in their voices, in their acapella voices. Now, the next one kind of goes away from that a little bit. But it's still just a very kind of nice voice doing a pretty decent interpretation and it comes from the, the Triple J performances, which, you know, we keep talking about it. One of these days, we're going to have to just do, like, our favorite Triple J performances now that they're oh, yeah. all available. There's so but many good ones. This one is Greta Stanley. Yeah. And this is another one that I I like. I, I think it's kind of creative. Um She's somebody that, just listening to this cover, I feel like I would have a field day going through and making a playlist of similar similar artists. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to any of of her other songs. I don't know how representative this is, but like there were a few that tried to do something like this that did not work as well as, uh, as Greta's. It also sounds like, because often when you get like a, a breathy voice like this, it kind of stays there. It doesn't become like dynamic right. really at any point. But this one does. Right. And like, we're not know. at that point in the song yet, but yeah. Totally. I don't know if you've ever heard um, Dave Grohl talk about how, like as a dr- I-, I listened to Dave Grohl's autobiography, which is pretty fun, actually. Uh, does he read he it himself? Talks- he does read it himself, yeah, oh, and no, he's man. pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so he talks a little bit about um, how he used disco as a as his like drumming influence. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I know, right? And this is one where I think it kind of tries to try to kind of hit that that disco beat. Because I I remember listening to him talk about kind of this era where like i guess this is the first one that he didn't do 
all the music for, but he did do all the demos for it. Mm -hmm. So he said he, he came to these first two records basically as a drummer, that he was playing every instrument as if it was percussion. So that's why like every guitar hit is like a, like quick. It's like a stagnant thing. It's not mm. really strumming a, a long note. It's just like bang, 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 bang. So hearing like every instrument be percussive and the drums be the part that are the more dynamic thing yeah. is very interesting. Like that's probably why it stands out amongst everything else in like late 90s rock and roll because like grunge is on its way out. Rock and roll is kind of dying. Right. And then all of a sudden the Foo Fighters happen. Good point. I mean, do you hear this? Like the... Then it kind of goes more into like a rock beat. But I like how stretched out it is and like, I just think she does something really interesting with this. like waiting for it picks up really hard at the end I mean this is a song that I mean in the original version does that where it it hits another tempo entirely yeah. after the breakdown where like it comes in as a kind of uh, you know standard rock song and it, it's not doing anything too crazy but it's just you know good good riff easy to remember lyrics it's a good song whatever and then the breakdown happens and then you come back from that on like a whole different plane totally isn't that so nice we're moving to one now that i remember watching when it first came out it was a uh a pandemic project that he was just kind of in his home studio. He recorded a couple covers. I don't remember if this one was first or not, but whichever one was first kind of had a little viral sensationness to it because, you know, everybody needed something in the pandemic. And he started taking requests from people and it became a pretty interesting collection of songs that he was putting out. But this is the first one that I saw. It's Rick Astley. Yeah, I was shocked when you mentioned it. <laughs> I don't really know what to expect, and it sounds a lot more like the original than I would have thought. He has a great voice. That, like, if you're only aware of, like, Never Gonna Give You Up, which, I mean, to be fair, most people are only aware of Never Gonna Give You Up. But, like, he has a great voice. Yeah, but I'm not talking about whether he has a great voice or not. He sounds like Dave Grohl. <laughs> Oh, he's definitely yeah, affected he here. This is not That's together forever, Rick Astley. That's kind of what I was hoping for, to be honest, though. I bet you if he went back and, like, did it in full studio, that you'd get something closer to that. But this is, like, fun in lockdown version. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is this is a lot like Dave Grohl's uh, acoustic cover of the song. 
Ja. Yeah. I think he even does the come on. <laughs> Ashley likes this song. I'd I like think he think does. So. I think him and the Foo Fighters have a uh, have an ongoing relationship. Really? Yeah, I think I don't remember if it started before or after, but as like the Rick Rolling thing was a thing, he came out and performed with them a couple times. Oh, really? I I think it started before. He's definitely done it since this came out. But That's pretty cool. Yeah, he came out and did Never Gonna Give You Up with the Foo Fighters. My favorite, uh, who is the woman that that sings the the do 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 over the over the phone? You know what I'm talking about the trivia about this song. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna look it up. Grohl was was dating Louise Post of the band Veruca Salt. Yes, Veruca Salt. Uh, yep. Yeah, and he had uh, he'd asked her to sing to sing along and harmonize, and she did it over the phone. She did the do 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 over the phone. Isn't that awesome? I don't I think, think that's I why it that. sounds so like. I don't know. Yeah, lo-fi. This is so funny. Rick Astley literally is doing Dave Grohl. Because I have seen yeah. Dave Grohl do that. But help me out! So I found Pretty interesting, it, was a, it was a tweet from 2021 where I guess on Jimmy Fallon, Dave Grohl had Rick rolled the crowd with the Foo Fighters Rick Astley mashup. And then I, I can't get the video to play because of the way it's embedded here. But apparently he uh, responded with this, a video of his own. So there, there is a fun Rick Astley Foo Fighters relationship that is... Uh, a deeper internet rabbit hole than I anticipated. But we're not going to stay there any longer. We need to keep on rolling through our show. We're coming up to... De Demnate <laughs> Doyle. <laughs> Close enough. That's as good as I could have done. Another interesting take musically on this one. Like yeah, it, I really like it keeps the, the theme, ones. but it it does its own kind of tinkering around it. Tonight, I throw myself in 
Oh, cool. She she toured with Matthew Good and the Crash Test Dummies, I think, recently. Oh, wow. This is another one where I thought the do-do-do-do-do's kind of stood out. Where it's like kind of, they do it in this like plotting way that doesn't, it almost sounds like, uh, not ominous, like threatening, <laughs> you know? It is really like hard sinister. to do-do. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. I feel like this really like transforms the song. There are some interesting covers on this album too. I didn't actually look at the album yet. Oh, they have Level Terrace Apart. How did we miss this one? Yeah, Training Vans on there. We'll probably do that eventually. I feel like if we're gonna get into the clash Eventually, that's a good place to start. Next, we have a band that I feel like I've been actively avoiding for 20 years. <laughs> and for no particular reason. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily know well, why you're not I a haven't Screamo wanted fan. it. <laughs> it's not, I guess it's not my genre, but you know... Definitely not. I'm pretty sure they were a tooth and nail group, so like, I at least gave them a shot at some point, I have to imagine. But it's Emery. Yeah, and before I'm not even before I press play, I just want to say like I don't know if everyone here remembers Emery, but like hard but Christian <laughs> screamo. Uh, so keep that in mind when I play their cover of Everlong. Yeah, that's from this year. Yeah, this year off of a an EP of uh, of covers called Songs We Love, which include a mashup of Dancing in the Dark and Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here. Yeah, you're welcome for us not playing that last time, two, week, two episodes ago. <laughs> and this is all not the memory that I remember. Yeah, all that being said, I don't mind this. <laughs> no, it's really, really nice. I never would have guessed it was Emery. I didn't know they were still around. I'm pretty sure they disappeared and then came back with this i don't know i think they've been putting out songs this whole time i refuse to believe it like every couple years at least oh wow (laughs) they've had Counting this one, I think four albums since 2018. So that's five years. Four albums in five years. Even put out a Christmas EP last year. Good for them. Well, I gotta 
keep track of these and collecting them all for our Christmas show next year. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we have to be ready. <laughs> the longer this goes, the less I like it. Unless <laughs> you like it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I like it a lot. Maybe it's just, yeah, I feel like you can hear it. I mean, it's called Songs We Love, but I feel like you can hear that in it. I don't know why they play it in the style. See, I'd have to hear the rest of the EP to know if they, like this was the kind of the groove of the whole thing. In that Dave Grohl book, he talks a lot about how much he likes uh, AM radio. Like, yeah, sort of like 70s AM radio, like the Carpenters and stuff. And so this makes me sort of think of that. Uh, and I wonder if that was like I can Emery see trying that. to do uh, something that Dave Grohl would love. <laughs> like if they like lightened it up. Which actually I think would be kind of cool if like they just like moved up an octave even like I guess you have to be able to match it vocally but like if this had that kind of high note swing kind of yeah. 70s feel to it it's just it's like the adult light FM uh, cover of this song like this is what's playing in the you know at the gap <laughs> yeah. You're going to buy a lot more clothes because this is playing. <laughs> Emery's doing the John Legend crooning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, the, not the place I expected to hear it. <laughs> so now we move into our very exciting interview. We will... Uh, We'll throw over to that clip and we'll uh, you'll see us on the other side with the song itself. But we're going to go talk to Alien Cake Music about their yes. Everlong cover. What, what are your just kind of initial thoughts on Everlong? Oh, well, the music video for me, oh, of course. yeah, oh, it's one of my all-time favorites. Dude, yeah. that, well, Black Hole the Sun, big hands and... yeah, yeah, Black Hole Sun is number one. I can watch that any day and still feel weird as shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Everlong is just, yeah, the hands, like the, the, I feel like as far as I had seen when I first saw that video, I wasn't seen like video techniques like that and i was so yeah. perplexed and then listening to the song at the point it came out i was you know a kid and getting into guitar and getting into like all that like my first band probably and just like appreciating the sound the production how big those guitars sound and just like the like the the drop d tuning just like that that effect it had so that song I mean, it almost 
It's almost hit the billion streams club, I think, on Spotify. Like, so oh, I think it, I think it just did, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be. Like, it's one of those songs that every I don't know anybody who doesn't like that song, and the melody is so awesome and like strong yet simple. The guitar riff is like iconic. So it was probably one of the first ten sort of like grunge esque songs that I did with uh, with the Alien Cake Project. And that one came out pretty naturally because it was just like almost made to be turned into a slow <laughs> rendition. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, I remember hearing, I mean, it was years after, but they put out their acoustic version of it. And yeah. it was just like, okay, yeah, this is the same kind of iconic song. But like, I'm, that was the first time I kind of even thought of it outside of its own initial context that I was like, Oh, this, this there's a life to this song that I've just not really given it. That like now I'm seeing it for like its impact on people. Right. Yeah, it's one of the songs that actually turns out just as good acoustic as it does the full produced version. Not a lot do turn out well. Yeah, very that. few, very few kind of equal each other to me. And this one's the maybe the closest any of them come anymore. I, I struggle with a, a good way to frame this question, but like. What is the scenario where you see your version being the right one versus the original? Like when when should people put on yours versus just listening to the Foo Fighters? Oh man. Oh god. I don't know if there's... I know that's a difficult thing to ask. Well, I don't but... know if there's a time like to like what's what's the setting you would? I can take a stab okay. at this if you want. All right, John. Let's so I know I know got. when I would. I I know well, what. Yeah, for for me, I can picture it. My short answer would be if you if you aren't a lyric person and you just want some sort of instrumental version, there you go. That would be the one. That's my short answer, John. What do you got? I I feel like every time I listen to Alien Cake music, especially Everlong, it's like I'm in a room. It's it's way after midnight. There's black light posters. I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna say sixteen to twenty, somewhere in between there. Maybe it's not my house. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how I I'm in a beanbag chair. Like that's how I feel. Yes. <laughs> oh wow. I, I was kind of going in a song. different direction with it, because for for me it's more like adult me. Because like kid me has so much stuff tied to the original. Like I I was a massive. Foo Fighters fan for a very long time and like still am and like I, I just don't talk about it as much I, I think about all the things that come from the original where it's like that that video is why I went and watched Evil Dead I had I, I saw it in that order it's why I'm even aware of Michelle Gondry and I've seen every one of his movies so much is tied to that that like me as an adult doesn't necessarily want to like clue into that every time I hear the song so if I'm just like sitting around with people and like, you know, maybe maybe a whiskey drink. Uh, I don't know if it's a if it's a whiskey song a exactly, but that's yeah, <laughs> maybe a lager drink, I don't know. I get but like down. <laughs> I know what you mean. But like I, I think I think it's a whiskey song. But like it's just one of those where like I don't want to feel all of it, but I do like the general feeling I get from it. That's that's kind of what I was getting from this one. Oh, man, so well said, because it's like it tickles the nostalgia, but not too strong. Like, yeah, it, it puts you there, but you're not getting all of it. <laughs>
If Elvis and Buddy Holly are the Cain and Abel of rock and roll, Bruce Springsteen and Zachariah, Iggy Pop is Methuselah, of course, Neil Young is the wise prophet Ezekiel, what does that make Get in the Garage? Well, I think that makes Get in the Garage the one-stop shop for all know-how, history, countdowns, disagreements, agreements, and pretty much everything that you want you, you want to hear about music. Get in the Garage. Get in the Garage. A music program from the Wasted Robot Network. I was just learning to love. So you and yeah. I had heard this one. I mean, obviously we talk about it in the interview. It they they came to us first in the Sex and Candy episode, and we were both like, "This is not the lo-fi that like I'm used to." Like there was something totally. more engaging about it for sure. And then we we listened, we listened, we listened. They agreed to do the show, which. Thank you to them again. And if you want to hear the whole interview, it's up on the Patreon already. But as I was doing research for the interview, came across, came across Alien Cake music, Alien Cake rain music, <laughs> which is basically rain sounds plus their lo-fi covers. And it's such a weird thing to exist, but it... yeah. It's still so nice. <laughs> like it's, it does what it's supposed to do. It's calming and it's kind of familiar. Yeah, and if you subscribe to the Patreon, listen to the full interview. Uh, they talk about it quite a bit about what the inspiration is for for those rain songs and kind of how they turned out. Yeah, I this think is the way this was one of our favorite alien cake music songs although we listen to a lot of them they're all really yeah. good and interesting it's just so spacey like i could just yeah i sink into a uh a proverbial beanbag chair listening to this they always find very good and kind of affecting ways to match vocals because like a lot of the times with lo-fi especially instrumental lo-fi you'll see like one instrument will be the voice for everything but not everybody's voice sounds the same so if you're trying to kind of emulate a little bit more you do have to vary and alien cake music does it in such a great way yeah And we're not because of that interview. I I listened extra hard to the lo-fi covers of this yeah. song, and I pulled some others that kind of remind. I mean, uh, Alien Cake Music talked to us a little bit about what sort of things to look for, and you know, interesting uh, lo-fi music. And and this next one, I feel like hits exactly what they were talking about. It's drop and flow. <laughs> I wonder if it's something to do with the guitar for me. We're having like an actual guitar in the mix. It's not as spacey as Alien Kick music. 
feel like this style... I'm more hoping that the vocals come in, you know? Uh, yeah, but I'm really glad they don't. Like the, the, the noodling guitar, I think, and this really like elevates the lo-fi uh, style for me, especially like sitting out so far on top of everything. Like this is a little more, I think, in the background lo-fi for me, but it's somewhere in between like an alien cake music and uh, something that's like really you're not meant to pay attention to. Yeah, I think it's just still too familiar for me. Cause like I, I played the color and the shape to death for like years. Yeah, I like the I like the little guitar melodies though, because it definitely takes it somewhere different, and it doesn't feel like improvised. Like it feels like intentional. I really like it. This next one is a little more like what you're talking about. Now I'm just taking over, Dan. You got this it. Dylan, this little five territory is all you. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I think, more what you're thinking of. And I thought it's done in a, a nice... Yeah, I mean, it's in, done in an interesting way, but I, if I remember right, this one has vocals. I go back and forth like aggressively between liking the vocals and not liking the vocals. It's like a note for note thing where it's like, that was great, that wasn't. That was great, that wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But it all has that like kind of underwater lo-fi sound. like skipping beats thing that Lo-Fi does. Yeah. I don't know. It's there's something really interesting about it. I'm glad I I'm glad I came across it. There we go. It. That's the part I like. <laughs> the layered vocals. Yeah, I mean this is I mean he sings like a boy band a little bit. He's very talented. Oh yeah, that could be their like, God only knows, where like, you know, we're slowing it down for you guys. Yeah, but it's so produced, it has that, this is what I mean, it has that like, uh, kind of indie production, you know, lo-fi, I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> Just it's is like what it the, is. <laughs> a little, it's not flourishes, it's like anti-flourishes, it's like stopping things and uh, skipping a beat where it like, feels like there should be one. Everything could ever be this real forever. If anything could ever be this good, I 
You know what this makes me think of is uh, if it was possible to have acoustic EDM, this is that. Oh, sure. <laughs> the equivalent of acoustic EDM. Like there's drops and there's, you know. <laughs> I bet you I would love that. <laughs> like a sit down EDM show. <laughs> yeah, like a tiny desk EDM. <laughs> yeah, I, it, maybe we we're onto something here. <laughs> as soon as I learned to play an instrument. <laughs> Now we're back in some familiar territory for me. It's a band that we came across on the I Want to Dance with Somebody episode, and I, I believe we both came out very positive for them. Yeah. It's Cosby, all capitals. Yeah, I was pretty excited to find some more Cosby. There's just something about them that feels like they'd be so much fun to see live. Definitely. Like they're the type of band where you're like, they might not even play a song and I would love it. Yeah, you know there's gonna be a huge production. And that they're confident as hell on stage. <laughs> yeah. That things could go horribly wrong and they would just act like it was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> You ever listen to Gilman Terra's Party Dream? I don't think so. I I have no idea. I, I don't know if they were very popular or not, uh, but they were notorious in the circles that I ran in. Uh, and this this is what I thought of when I first listened to this: is Gilman Terra's Party Dream. Yeah, listen, <laughs> they're awesome. They're really super fun. This does feel like a party dream. That's for sure. After this, I'll play some Kilbinter's Party Dream. Okay. You can see the difference. I wonder if it's even true. It is always fun when you haven't listened to something for a while and you're like, it's reminding me of it, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, this is like 2006, so this is a while ago. Oh, wow. Again, it like does that kind of disco beat that I think this song works well, so well. They're leaning into the disco, yeah. Yeah, but it 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 make it like it's like what this song was meant for. Like I'd love to hear like a just straight ABBA take. You know, oh, that would be so cool. Wasn't how much. I'm so glad right? we made it to that part of the song. I love that part. I wonder how many Nirvana songs you could just transpose onto, yeah, like Ab ABBA. There's probably an easier connection than I'm picturing.
I love that. <laughs> I know I should fade out here, but I I want it so bad. <laughs> I can't stop it. <laughs> All right, fine, cut it. Uh, <laughs> fine. Because we have to get to the next one. Another one I enjoyed a great deal. It's uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what's the correct. Pronunciation, it's a bunch of words mashed up I got together. You. But here, let me it's hit not you. a boy. It's not a boy. <laughs> yeah, this is hyper pop. I had to double check some other Sonata Boy and see if uh, it's true. Because this is just like it's, <laughs> it's like two hundred percent speed uh oh, yeah. Foo Fighters. But the, the other stuff I skipped through was definitely more, uh, not 100 gex, it's just, I don't really know. I don't know that hyperpop very much. We've talked about this once before. Yeah, I tried to kind of look a little bit more into them, and the album that this is on is just 40 alphabetical tracks. <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> this is where we just start to feel old, I think. <laughs> Where it was like, oh god, I don't know. This is past me. Like, I don't know if I get this stuff anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure. I am enjoying kind of... it though. Oh, I love, it. I love it musically. It's the rest of it, the whole package. Where I'm like, is this just what it, things are now? <laughs> the the. Vocals remind me so much of uh, a Weedus. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's because they're sped up. I want to know what this song sounds like at a kind of the recorded speed. <laughs> I mean, the, the 30 second note hi hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There appears to be nothing on the internet about them. <laughs> I sort of start to wonder too if it wouldn't blow me away if this actually is just sped up Foo Fighters. <laughs> I like really can't tell. I mean, if it is, then the technology has grown leaps and bounds because it's such a clean vocal. It even has the little talking behind here. I don't know. Now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> I mean, it's totally possible. <gasps> no, see, it's different, right? I mean, not significantly. I don't know. <laughs> Did I get God? It's possible. I still kind of like it. I'm enjoying it though, <laughs> yeah.
Well, that was whatever that was. <laughs> Sonata Boy. <laughs> yeah, if anybody knows about that, I'd love to hear. Now we're, we're moving into another one that kind of just came out recently, last year. came out last year. Alex Melton, who who is uh, internet famous for his genre-shifting covers, put out a, an EP of just straight-up normal covers last year. This is Alex Melton. Yeah, and he is like... I am super interested in the intersection of like emo, pop punk, and uh, like pop country. Um, and there's a lot of people doing it now. And I we've talked about it before, the alternative. I had to get off TikTok. It wasn't good for my brain. Yeah. So I, I don't use it anymore. I assume it's all still on there. Uh, so when I saw Alex Melton, I was actually really excited because I was like, oh, I cannot wait to hear the the country version of this song. I was like a little disappointed that it wasn't, but it's still interesting because he's, I don't know what it is. I mean, I guess he just is so good at recognizing the patterns of songs or styles that- uh, Yeah, that is his MO for sure. This isn't like a straightforward cover of this song. It's this song, but done as like, I don't know, it's not Fall Out Boy. It is that that kind of pop punk kind of though. yeah, like two thousands pop punk or two thousands like emo, you know? Yeah, but it, kind of to its detriment, it feels like an album track on one of those. Like this is not the hit single from a pop punk band. This is um, this is filler to me. Oh, filler! Like no. if I liked if I liked the band great cool song I, I look forward to hearing it live if i don't like the band this is the song i skip first yeah i mean like it, it feels like taking back sunday maybe um but with the like you know american football guitar or something uh and, and sure. for me it is like really working this is just hits all the my erogenous zones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John. <laughs> Bleep that out. Uh, nope. This is just all the like. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. It's like all the the, the connections my teenage brain made uh, about music. So I love hearing. Yeah, and yeah, I would probably listen to anything that that sounds like this, especially cover. So this works for me really well. But I think it's impressive how he, yeah, transposes this onto that style so perfectly. Because even has some of the, um, like the, the, I'm going to say the drums are all over the place. They're not all over the place. They just are busy. Like the drums do a lot in this song. And I feel like the whole song kind of captures that for me. Like the I whole song the, is very busy. The big difference for the two of us is I didn't listen to a ton of these bands. Yeah. Like, I I mostly skip these. Yeah, I get it. it. There's, I'm sure there's nostalgia in there somewhere. This was like the heaviest music I heard at the time, so I was just like, this is incredible. I'm trying to think of what would be the heaviest. My music neural pathways to are burned. You know, it's like <laughs> it's just a super highway now to this kind of music. <laughs> I mean, at this point in time, I was way into uh, whatever version of Napster was current. 
But you got to remember, Dan, you're much, much cooler than me. You like grew up with David Bowie and like, you know, you had a real musical upbringing. I had to come upon all this stuff myself. I listen to all types of singer songwriter. (laughs) (laughs) I'd never even heard of drive through records when I first heard this kind of stuff. I didn't know anything. I'm trying to think of who this reminds me of most, and it, nothing's really coming to me because I'm trying to think of one that's like the one that I like. And I know there are a couple of them. I just can't get it in my head. Listen, like let me know which one do I like. <laughs> it's, the, it's the American football noodliness, uh, kind of Midwest emo-y, but then with like a little more of that like pop. Yeah, no, the only thing I think of is Tig Mac Sunny. That's not quite right. Yeah, it's not it's not even like second album Take Me Back Sunday where they they don't do the overlap as much, but like it's in that direction. It's closer yeah, to Ray. Early November or like it's something like that. Well, let's let's play the next one. Who um I Yeah. Think no further than Fallout Boy when I say this next thing. This next band is my favorite band with a Simpsons reference name. It's Evergreen Terrace. No way. Is that true? Wait, do you like Evergreen Terrace or is it just you hate Fall Out Boy that much? I I do like Evergreen Terrace a, a good deal. This this one kind of, yeah. Okay, Maybe I'm just I don't know Evergreen I don't know if Terrace. I, would, I don't know if I would go back and still like Evergreen Terrace, but I did at the time. Okay, this is, I'm not a huge fan of this song. I, I don't love like metalcore, especially on the more punk side of metalcore. Uh, this is like a pretty straightforward cover with some like metally vocals instead of the Veruca Salt vocals. <laughs> it's like it's a <laughs> like metal I don't mind screams. them slipping that in there a little bit. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, I do think I kind of land more like all or nothing. Like uh, like do it or don't. Like don't don't hide it. <laughs> also, I, I can't believe you didn't mention there's that ska band. I voted for Kudos for Kudos. Oh yeah! Can't think of any other Simpsons. Yeah, I'm gonna I do a quick Google while we're listening. Although apparently Fallout Boy is not. <laughs> sure it is. Really? They uh, they claim like somebody else did it for them. That like they didn't do it. Why? Like somebody else named them? <laughs> I, if I remember the story right, it was. Somebody at a show yelled out the name. Like they were like, what should we call ourselves? And somebody yeah. at a show said Fallout Boy. And like they didn't know what it was, they just liked it. Eh, it's still named after him. That doesn't count. Yeah. Ignorance is not a good excuse. Like all things that you didn't mean to, if it's <laughs> done in ignorance, you still gotta own it. Whoa, Hot Rod Circuit is named after The Simpsons? Oh, you're looking at the same list I am, yeah. Is that true? I never knew that. But I mean, that line is in the episode, the Who Shot Mr. Burns episode. That just never... I don't I don't think it is. Like, I feel like the Hot Rod Circuit is a thing The Simpsons were referencing. Oh no. There's a band called Floripie, which I love. <laughs> I always use that. Floor pie. Everything on the floor is floor. Floor eggs. Laszlo Panaflex? 
I don't know what the band is, but that's a great pull. <laughs> oh, Mr. Sparkle, another ska band, of course. There's one called the Christ Punchers. I don't remember that. It says the, <laughs> that was a, a name that Mo suggested for their motorcycle gang. That is shocking. I think this is probably enough of Evergreen Terrace. Oh, also a good uh, a good comparison of a band that I did like to that Alex Melton cover, Census Fail. Um, yeah, but Census, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to push back on that. I think Census Fail is like a little too screamo-y. They can be. I don't put mm. them fully in that category, though. Okay. Definitely something in that wave, though. Yeah, because I, I mean, it's... I mean, anything else that's in that kind of in that same zone where it's like like armor for sleepish kind of base yeah. a little bit but like it's it's not perfectly any of them but it's like in that spot yeah exactly it's right there i met that guy from armor for sleep in the airport once that's like the oh, really? only person i ever met in the airport i gotta go to the airport more I guess. Now this next one is kind of still staying in the same place. The band is called Energy. Another yeah, all this caps is band. Moving it up a bit though. Oh yeah. This I think, as far as I can tell, is like straight edge hardcore. Is it? I don't I didn't get to look hard, into that. Hard them. to tell. Or wait, maybe this is not what I was thinking of. They draw their influences from Misfits, Ramones, Rancid, and also Weezer, Smashing Pumpkins, and the Beach Boys. Hmm. No, this is the horrorcore one. I'm thinking of something else. toured with like a lot of people it's good i like it yeah like they they toured with uh like set your goals h2o oh h2o you're strong wow. are they old h2o uh no uh energy hey, um, i know h2o is old oh yeah <laughs> um trying to figure uh looks like mid-2000s to now they might still be kind of semi-active, at least. Hmm. 
Yeah, the album that this comes from appears to be kind of like bonus stuff from their debut album. Like, the debut album is Punch the Clock, and then this is Punch the Clock Sessions. Uh, okay. I like their voice a lot. There's something strange about this band. I can't put my finger on. They do a cover of Pet Cemetery. I'd love to do that, that song someday. Yeah, that'll be fun. I think we touched we on a little bit. We can get back to the Ramones. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah, I don't know if this is my favorite one. I love the fill. It's such a drum song. Oh my god, I know. Must be exhausting. Now we're going to a band. We're getting a little more towards the obscure from the last few. This is Township. Yeah, this is where we start to get into like a little more of the kind of slow emo. I really liked this one. Yeah, and Township, I don't know. It's a band I need to look more into. Looks like their last album came out in 2017, so it's been a while. Maybe they're not around anymore. A little sludgy. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it's going from the Alex Melton second wave. The, I don't know what. I don't know what wave we're in now. <laughs> yeah, right. I think 2017 is like third wave, right? It's like tiny moving parts and those bands. Yeah, probably. George would know. Yeah, right. Call him up. <laughs> yeah, it's got that like shoegazy moodiness. Maybe this even is more shoegaze than emo. Yeah, I mean, the way that that thing built to nothing feels very shoegazy. Yeah. <laughs> there. See, this works really well as a shoegaze song, though. Yeah, I am liking it a lot. I wonder if it's a product of like uh, recording at a lower quality or if this is intentional. This sounds intentional to me. Like, I kind of like how that like yeah, no part behind. of it feels really forward in the mix. Yeah. But they're not really trying to accent any specific thing they're doing. <laughs> totally, and there's a lot of like, patty things going on in the back. Yeah. Yeah, I love those. Love that uh, fuzz too. 
that like crunchy guitar sound. And there's all that like echo behind it too. It's like vocal echo or something. Ah, shoegaze rules. I need to listen to more. Yeah, I. Every time it comes up on this show, I'm like, this is probably the genre I'd like the most. <laughs> did we ever talk about Hotline TNT? I think it's called. I feel like we did show? on one of the monthly ones. I don't know if okay. we did. Other than that, I keep listening to them. They are really good. I think they have a new album coming out soon. So now, this isn't even we're, the end. We're, this is the this they, is where they mutter. Dave Grohl they does the little talking part, the whispers. I could cut it out though. Yeah, I mean it's more of the same. I just yeah, yeah this it doesn't come really back well crazy. <laughs> we're we're now on to our third all caps band of the day. It's <laughs> Oxes. Yeah, I don't know who this band is. I've never heard of them before. But this is a little more like, uh, like almost like really slow sunny day real estate. So there's like a Baltimore band, um, and they're like from the 2000s, maybe before the 2000s. So they're definitely that sort of, uh, yeah, that that kind of era. Their uh, bio says that they mock hardcore and new metal. Yeah, Mock I was looking at that. That's what I was just laughing at. New metal. So like, that's the era we're talking about. But it definitely, I don't know, it's, this reminds me more of uh, um, Sunny Day Real Estate. I wish I had more uh, references than that. But that's like the <laughs> big one that I like from that like, like early 90s bands. Well, I mean, they are pretty great. And, you know, the drummer from Sunny Day Real Estate was the original drummer brought in for <laughs> The Color and the Shape and the bassist was subsequently too, right? fired. The whole band <laughs> Oh wait, no, toured. they just Yeah, they, they just when didn't he, include he toured him. with them and then he brought them along and they were his backing band. I think he opened for Sunny Day Real Estate or maybe the other way around. And then he took the bassist the and I think the drummer and then had to replace the drummer with Taylor Hawkins. Well, first he replaced the drummer with himself. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> when they went to record the the real version from his demos, and they just didn't like how the drums came out. And when they went back to re-record, they went back with everybody but the drummer, and Dave Grohl did it himself. <laughs> that hurts. Drummers yeah. are tough, though. They replace a lot of drummers with studio drummers on recordings. Like A lot of drummers oh, don't perform on their own recordings. I mean, that's like the uh, the story that Paul McCartney played drums and not Ringo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think bassist too. Rhythm is hard. You gotta be like perfect. I mean, it is the part that kind of gets the most scrutiny. Because if like a guitar part's off, that's just style. If the bass is off, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get away with any mistakes, especially recorded. Like, what a nightmare it must have been, especially when the Foo Fighters did this and it was all tape. So it wasn't like you just like cut it all up and like quantize it, and, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. And the more takes you take, the, the more expensive it is, <laughs> the more tape you use up, like, ugh. It must have been a stressful time to be in a band. 
You ever see... Was it Sonic Highway or whatever that was? I don't know. The Basically the documentary about the uh, soundboard that Dave Grohl has in his home studio. No. Like it's... It's one of like the best like setups that anybody has, and he just kind of bought it, and it's his home studio. <laughs> oh, is that what that thing was called? Like Sonic High or Sound High, something like that. I take this. I never back. watched this the whole thing, sound... but it was like a documentary series. It sounds awesome. This doesn't sound anything like Sanity Real Estate. I don't know what this sounds like, uh, but I just love it. Something about it feels like early 90s. I'm gonna go, I'm definitely adding this to something so I can listen to the rest <laughs> of this album. I'll this is gonna that. be on a list. Alright, now we are moving into the more traditionally jazzy things, although this one starts off very, it starts off, starts the section off very bossa nova. We're going jazz against the machine. Yeah, this is just a straight up bossa nova cover of Everlong, which generally I would probably have skipped over. But with a name like Jazz Against the Machine, I was like, and it came out this year. Well, I gotta check this out. Uh, I feel like we've skipped over them in the past. I don't so know. It's, it's fine until like, you know, we got to them finally. Actually, maybe you're right. I think they do have a lot of albums. Um, well, I listened to, they do Sabotage on this. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really like the the rest of it is not Bassanova. Nova. It's more like just kind of straight up jazz. They do Territorial Pissings. It's, I need to listen to that song again. I don't really hear it <laughs> to be honest in there, but I'm sure, I'm sure it matches. Saint Ain't So, Bullet with the Butterfly Wings. Uh, those are all like really awesome covers so then when i went back and listened to this again i was like okay this is really nice you just kind of got to skip ahead a bit kind of you gotta like bossa nova how do you the feel about bossa nova um i don't really listen to it actively but i've never really had any problems with it it's not like immediate skip music it's fine it's fine yeah that's why it's immediate skip music for me usually it doesn't it's hard to stand out i think the thing that stands out about them for me, especially considering they're just like a jazz cover band, that their albums come out like once every couple years. So like, it does feel like just because of that, that they're actually taking time to like curate, whereas a lot of these other kind of cover factory jazz bands are just like, what's the hit today? We're gonna play it, we're gonna record it, now it's out. And like, totally. There's a little more cohesion to this because they're taking a minute yeah i don't uh i don't think it's like this doesn't strike me as a as cover factory it strikes this is like more yeah there's more to this than that i think yeah that's that's my point yeah oh yeah yeah this is only their third album crazy Yeah, third album in like 10 years, which you hear this and you're like, yeah, Jazz Against the Machine, they probably have an album every six months at least. I, I wonder how often they play. I would like to go see them. 
Yeah, there's a lot of drum solos in this one. Like, they do walk. How do they do a jazz cover walk? Sorry, I'm lost in the drum solo. It's awesome, right? Yeah. And we're back. <laughs> I feel like the end of this is where it really picks up, too. I just found out about a, there's a back alley jazz fest on the south side of Chicago. Happened really? a couple weeks ago, and I had to miss it. But uh, some really cool bands like play almost like block parties um, kind of farther south, like south of um, University of Chicago. Oh, okay. It looks really fun. It's funny, Dan, when I listen to this by myself, I feel like it stuck out less than listening to it here with you. <laughs> I was like, super which is weird because I'm not normally the one who accentuates the jazz <laughs> section. <laughs> it's just something different about listening to something with somebody else. But now, now we're into kind of more the the traditional what we get when we pull up jazz covers. It's Bob Reynolds, and they all have names like Bob Reynolds. Yeah, Bob Reynolds is he was in Skinny Puppy. Uh, the I, don't know, I always forget what exactly they are. It's snarky some kind puppy? of jazz. I say snarky. Oh, Skinny Puppy is a different band. I think Skinny Puppy is like an industrial band. <laughs> oh, really? I think so. Yeah, Snarky Puppy. Yeah, most of the stuff I found about them kind of talked about how kind of much they kind of meld into jazz. And it seems to be the type of group where people can kind of just come and go as they please. Like, sometimes you're part of Snarky Puppy, other times you're just Bob Reynolds. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. He was in John Mayer's band. Oh, yeah, I did read that. Put on two of his albums, I think. At least one of them. This feels like it would be the the song you hear at the beginning of a guy running to do a grand gesture in a rom-com. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Then like, as it starts to click more for him, all of a sudden it's transitioning into the real one. Like before it starts raining and he's running yeah. down the road. 
I really like the drums in this one. Like they're busy and in the background. Saxophone is always a weird vocal match instrument to me. I know. He doesn't follow it too straightforward, though, which I like. <laughs> I just looked at a picture of Snarky Puppy and they look like a massive group of uh, the coolest people you've ever met. <laughs> They're the jazz equivalent to an acapella group. <laughs> yeah. But they do have Grammys and a lot of accolades, so I'm sure they're actually very talented. <laughs> I don't know a single Snarky Puppy song. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I would. <laughs> like, that's not a genre I've ever gone to on my own. I think it's probably enough Bob Reynolds. I did enjoy it though. Well, now we're into one that. It's it's sort of a genre that we've talked about before, but it's just a little different. You were more aware of it than I was, but it's a uh, kind of ballet covers, which is a whole world I didn't know existed. But we're going to go with the Trisha Wolf reverence ever long. Yes. Yeah, I only know about it because my uh, my kid did ballet um, and they always ask for well, they used to always ask for like, I want to hear ballet songs, but they don't like just regular classical music. They want to listen to, you know, something they know. So there's a lot of like frozen ballet. Yeah, that's very interesting to me because like it's still like dynamic. It's not like a lot of the lullaby covers where it's no, just it's... like we're going to play just piano and then you're going to lose interest and this song's twice as long as it needs to. Totally. It's it's like this where it's dynamic. It's not that dynamic. It's like still a lot of. Uh, I don't know how you describe it. There's not a lot of rest in between it because you're like dancing ballet to it. So it's like all very on the beat uh, and it's like the right pace or whatever for yeah. ballet dancers to do their ballet practice, you know, <laughs> that, that's what it says. This This comes from a class album where it's the best of the 90s and it's all stuff from class so like warm up is i want it that way and plie is say my right. name and like <laughs> so like as you're working on each of those skills there's a different 90s hit to go along with it in this style yeah <laughs> which is fun yeah it's I mean, cool. if i dance ballet i'd rather listen to this than you know nutcracker it's fun to me when i see one on a list of 90s covers where i'm like which one is the one you're doing <laughs> <laughs> is this Metallica? Is this Creed? Is this U2? <laughs> oh, a Creed Ballet would be incredible. I would go see a Creed Ballet. Like oh, there's, there's no way you could get me there. Did you see there's a Creed uh, Cruise? There's a Creed uh, Cruise. They're there's get, no way. Yeah, it's like three doors down. I forget what the bands are, but they're like three doors down. It may Everybody be, you expect? <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. And they're going to yeah get everybody who likes Creed onto a boat and then strand them for three days. Yeah. And that's going to be that one where you have to stay on the boat for three years and you can't get off or whatever. That's a real <laughs> cruise that exists. Really? Is that true? Oh, that's real. Yep. Because they got sick? No, it's just a thing. Like on purpose? Yeah. I, I don't know if it started sailing yet, 
but it's a thing you sign up for and you're basically locked in for three years. Why? Wait. No, I would not do it. <laughs> do they have to catch their own fish? It's like a just How like a giant cruise ship. By helicopter? I mean, they, I'm sure they dock and whatever, and <laughs> oh, like you can okay. still go and like, kind of explore whatever places you're going to, but like huh. you you live on a boat for three years. Could you imagine being the comedian that's hired for oh, the three year cruise? <laughs> I mean on one hand, it might be easier because everybody has the same exact shared experience. <laughs> Maybe, but on the other hand, you're performing to the same group of 200 people every day for three years. Oh, man. Picture being like the person who's brought in for the last month. And everybody's like, I am done. I'm spent. I've seen the entire I world, but I haven't lived on solid ground in three years. <laughs> And you're supposed just, to be like, <laughs> I, I was driving to work the other day. <laughs> God, that would be so fun. <laughs> All right, we're, we're nearing the end here. And I, I was kind of impressed by, by this one. We normally skip over this guy specifically because you know, there's not a ton to say about him at this point. We've talked about him. But this one stood out to me as a very normal kind of version of it, it's Richard Cheese. Like, it's still loungy, but it's not like Richard Cheese joke loungy. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you, but I'm willing to give it a try with that ear. I've waited here for you ever long to like, it doesn't really have any of those wild flourishes that he's famous for. Yeah. And he puts out so many albums. Yeah. And we went from, our jazz section went from Jazz Against the Machine to Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine. at his different albums that he's put out. Me too. And his 2022 one was Pussy Party, and it's just like an old school swing dance party, but it's all cats. And all the tracks are like sex related. Yeah, my neck, my back. You're right, this is pretty... Uh... So I can breathe as as uh, earnest of a cover uh, from Richard Cheese I've ever heard. And like, you figure on this same album is like Gangnam Style, and this is the last track where it's like, all right, we've had our fun, but like, let me show you that like I I do know how to sing. <laughs> Is this like the last track on the album? Yeah. Interesting. 
Richard Cheese is tired of the jokes. He wants people to recognize him as a. Of course, that was his 2015 album, and he's uh, back to the jokes. He was also in that Barb and Star movie, which is pretty funny. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Now, we are we have the last two songs here, and we're, we're going to go through them pretty quick. But And when we, when we have the opportunity to uh, focus on a song being sampled, we like to do it for better or worse. And that's kind of where this one, or this... This first one, at least, falls in that category for sure. Makai. Yeah. yeah, I just like to hear how they're being used. So, like, I'll be quiet because it's really just the very beginning. Yeah, it's right away. It's really just that that opening guitar riff. Yeah, like it, it stays in it, but it's not super good. <laughs> uh, like as a beat, it works well, I think. I think it comes in a little more too. Oh no, never mind. That's probably good. I like that they're yeah. trying. The the next one though, another song I don't necessarily like, but I I do like the beat on this next one. I think they use it pretty cool. It's La Ruth. I love the little producer clips, you know. Maybach music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They both have one. I, I like Both these songs are called Everlong, by the way. That's how I found them. Oh, right. But yeah, I think the the beat works better in this one. It's more in the mix. That like the last one feels like it's the same. A very sample, generic though. bit, aside from the Everlong part, where like they just kind of drop it out, generic bit. Oh, and then we're gonna bring it back. This one incorporates it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably good. I don't know. I do love when cool songs are sampled. I think it should happen more. This is me promoting yeah. it. Yeah, you hear that? People out there, do more. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine LaRuth cleared this sample, right? No, there's no way. So, you know, do your thing, right? Put it out there. If it gets taken down, it gets taken down. Yeah, work until you get caught. Yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> and hopefully by then... You figured out your 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 own rhythms, and you can work work it out on your own. Totally. But that is our episode. We are we are done with Everlong, and we will uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about what we're doing next. Hey, friends and weirdos! I'm Meg, and I'm Alyssa, and we're the hosts over at the podcast Real Chills. Do you love the unexplained? Do you listen closer for things that go bump in the night? If so, Real Chills podcast is for you. The best part is all our stories are true. 
You can check us out on Spotify. And if you have a story you'd like to share, email us at realchillspodcast at gmail.com. All right, we are back. So it is time for final thoughts, big takeaways, hits, misses. Yes, Dan. What is your favorite here? What what really stuck out to you? Um This was one that I knew would be very difficult for any of them to kind of take the place of the original in any situation. But I really like the Alien Cake music one. Well, right, we, yeah. we talk about it on that interview of like very specifically the place that that would fit in my life. The other one I really liked was Cosby. But again, it didn't really surprise me because I remember how much I liked the last time we heard from them. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm glad they didn't let me down that like I want to dance with somebody was like upper echelon for them and everything else is a different tier this is pretty good like it's it, really it's good solid yeah yeah Cosby did not let me down that was also one of my favorites i think oxes was another one that kind of surprised me me too because that's not normally a genre that is my takeaway from any of these where it's like oh it's cool i like hearing these covers but like i'm probably not going to keep anything from that area but not, i probably will that that might make it on to a couple uh Kind of zone out playlists. That's awesome. I, I like I, that Ox's one is is another one that I I really really loved. I think Township. I really really like Township too. Um, yeah. And then Everlong. Uh, Everlong. Then the song Everlong just was so good. No, the <laughs> uh, the Matt Duncan one that we opened with, like the kind oh, of oh that story. first one, yeah, yeah. I really really like that one. Maybe the standout one of the show for me. Yeah, there's there's not a ton on this one that even felt like like this cover didn't impress me, but I'll probably check them out kinda. There wasn't a ton of that on this episode for me, but I think the closest that it came was probably Greta Stanley and that that Triple J version. Yeah. Like I'll probably check her out some more, probably go through the similar artists of her a little bit. But like, I don't know. I feel like Nothing lost if I don't, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to listen to more Oxes. Um, what about Emery? You gonna dig in deep on Emery? You know, I did go back and listen to that one song over and over. Because <laughs> uh, it, it's at the time I wasn't super into it, but but also, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something to it. It's good. You know, I might actually listen to the rest of that EP at least because. It's not the Emery that I was expecting. So it's like, oh, maybe they're putting this out to be like, we're shifting gears a little bit. So, yeah, it definitely sounds more like that cover. Uh, I listened to I skipped around a little bit. There's like a creep. I think they do creep in it. Um, yeah, and then do, Jack, honestly, don't come around here no more. OK, OK. I, I want to listen to more. I want to listen to more uh, Jazz Against the Machine. Oh, sure. I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Uh, 
I really like their sabotage. I was like really impressed with their sabotage. And it makes me want to go back and listen to more of their stuff. Well, if they're worth it, maybe we'll do a whole episode on a Jazz Against the Machine record. I'll start my research now. In the meantime, are you ready to hear what we're doing next week? Yes, I can't wait. What are we doing? So, I, I'm worried that making this choice will be one where it just has so many covers to offer. But we're going to do Buddy Holly. Not the song. We're doing the <laughs> artist. You had me worried Buddy for Holly. a second. <laughs> One of these yeah. days, I will make you do Weezer, <laughs> but oh today we're doing Buddy Holly. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I know any Buddy Holly songs. I feel like he's somebody who you've probably heard covers of not knowing their covers. Um, oh, I guess I know Peggy Sue. I think Every Day is the one that was... Uh, had a run on a commercial not that long ago that was like a constant on every live streaming TV. It was just every day would play and play and play and play. And I'm still not tired of it. All right. Like, I know a few good Ravon covers that I'm looking forward to uh, kind of digging deeper, seeing if there's more. True Love Ways has a good couple covers. That'll Be The Day is just a great song that I'm sure anybody coming after it will We'll have interesting takes. Well, that's exciting. I can't wait to get a lesson in Buddy Holly. Yeah, Are you it's a big be, Buddy Holly fan? Uh, greatest Hits. I don't, I've never really dug too deep on him, but I mean, Greatest Hits is like the 40-track Buddy Holly record that I have. That like, it, It's all just kind of early era white rock and roll. <laughs> They're like, it's fun. Okay. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of ditties. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But I, I am looking forward to uh maybe learning more about him through this. Um it'll it'll be a fun one musically, hopefully it'll be a good education also. We're doing Buddy Holly in two weeks. That'll be the day when you say goodbye, yeah, that'll be the day. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts. That'll be the day when you say goodbye. That'll be the day when you make me cry.